0: Hey, welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I am not the perfect dad. But every day, I am trying to be better. Feels good to be back in Texas. I was in Washington, D.C. this past week fighting for you. I was meeting with the president, trying to get gas prices down, trying to fix inflation and all that fun stuff. In actuality, I was there with my wife because she had a work conference, and I'm her husband. So I was just kind of there. (laughs) I didn't have anything to do. But I did have some big plans, and I do want to share my reflections on my trip to Washington, D.C. What this will not be is 10 reasons why you should visit D.C., even though I do recommend it. These are my reflections in reference to men, in reference to our identity as dads. So this is what I want to talk about today. And I do have... Let me go ahead and throw in this bonus clip for you, this bonus tip, rather, because... Um, I knew for a couple of months that we were going to make this trip to DC. And I was pretty excited about it because it was just going to be me and my wife. We weren't going to have the kids, which it's nice to get the break. But I knew my wife would be working essentially eight to five every day at this conference for the certification that she was getting. And I thought to myself, this is a fantastic opportunity for me to do a couple of things. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to establish a routine. I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out. I'm going to go find a close by Starbucks or a little coffee shop and I'm going to be the talk of the town for the week. I'm going to make friends with the locals and I'm going to have a fun week. And while I'm there at the coffee shop, I'm going to get a lot of work done. I only plan to have maybe one at max two days where I was actually going to go tour DC. And the rest of it, I was going to be working on the podcast because I've got big dreams and goals and ambitions for the podcast. I want it to be an organization. I don't want it to just be you listening to me. I want it to be a team of men where we are working as a community to do this community effort to help Dad, so that together we can better father our future. And I thought, I'm going to get this down the field so far in this week where I just have isolated, focused time to do this. Well, the first little bonus tip that I wanna give to you is you need to be able to adjust. Maybe my body just knew that it was no longer in Texas. I can't explain it. But the first morning I went to the gym, I ran two miles. As soon as I got off the treadmill, I was like, Oh my word. I just felt like crap. (laughs) It was it it was no good. I, I don't know how else to explain it. I don't even know how to tell you exactly how I felt or what I had. I just felt like I was carrying this yuck around and nothing could really fix it. I don't know. It was just really unfortunate, really kind of messed things up because it's kind of hard to focus when you're all clouded in your head. And when you don't feel great, you just kind of want to lay down. And I felt like I needed to do that on some occasion so that I could maybe get past this and have some good time to focus on fathering our future, the moral of the story is I didn't really get that time. I got to do some stuff, and I'm proud of what I was able to do, but yeah, I'm disappointed that I didn't get to do all the things that I had created, and I created the list of things that I was going to try and do. My DC tasks, that's what I called it, and I barely even scratched the surface. So, the first little thing that I'll remind you of is... Be adaptable, because you have no idea what today, what this season of life is going to bring you, and you probably have plans, and it doesn't matter how well prepared you are and how well planned you are for today or for this week or for this quarter, it doesn't matter, because life is going to throw some curveballs at you, and you've got to be able to call the audible And make the adjustment. So that's the bonus tip for you. But the two things that I want to focus on, they deal primarily with identity and mission. These are the things that I want to focus on. And we'll start first with identity, because I think it's important that we recognize as men that as we progress in our life, and what I mean by that is as we get married, as we then have children, our identity as a man morphs it changes. You, as a father, are not the same person you were as an 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old young man. You're not. I am not. When I was at that point in my life, I think I was playing basketball four to five nights a week minimum. I was going to the movies all the time. I was out at a restaurant nonstop. And it's not that I just had money to get it. I'll confess, I was a bit of a mooch, and I was really good at getting free food. And I'm going to leave that conversation at that. But I was always out, always doing something, rarely ever at home, always trying to plan the next trip. That's how I was when I was young, dumb, and single. But as I got married, a lot of that changed. From the time that I got engaged, I don't think I have been to play basketball In a group setting, since I've gotten since since I got engaged, and it's not that my wife keeps me away from it. It was she was more important. It was more important to me to be able to talk to her because of our time difference than to stay out late playing ball with with the guys, and so. My life started to change even before I got married. But the point is, is that as you progress in life and you become a husband and you then become a father, your identity changes. You don't just start to wear a new hat to wear, okay, now I'm a husband, but I'm still going to do whatever it is that I was wanting to do. Those relationships fail. They fall apart. They don't last. Because as your identity changes, everything else, your habits, your tendencies, what you do has to change with it. And this became a little more visceral to me while I was in D.C. because D.C. really is the downtown area. That's where I was. It is a beautiful city. The architectural integrity of every building is fascinating. Even just little apartment complexes are just beautiful compared to other ones that I see here in the DFW area. It was beautiful to just walk the streets, even the landscaping. Everything about the downtown area was refreshing. The weather was nice. It wasn't too hot. There's lots of shade. It's beautiful. And then the history that's there, the buildings that I got to walk and look at. I mean, there was the Lincoln Memorial, which is just fascinating in and of itself. That was the only thing that I got to see. But then. I get to see the Capitol building, which is beautiful. It's huge, but you can see it from all these different perspectives. We walked past the White House. I think the only thing that I didn't see was the Jefferson Memorial, which I could see it, but I never got super close to it. We walked and we looked at all of these statues and all of these monuments that they had, and then I toured some other places. I toured the Smithsonian, the Natural History Museum, I toured that. I walked inside the Library of Congress. That was super cool. Walked up the steps of the Supreme Court. All of these things that I got to do, even going to the the National Archive Museum, looking at the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence. I got to do all of these things. But it hit me the most while I was at the Natural History Museum because it's cool, right? They have their dinosaur exhibits and they have their mammal exhibits and all they have all of these different exhibits. It's like three floors and there's just so much to see. But I'm walking through it and the only thing that I could think was, man, I wish my kids were here. And as the day progressed, I quickly realized that doing all of this while I wanted to do it to be able to see it while I was there and take advantage of that opportunity, it almost felt a little bit meaningless because it wasn't special just to me. It was something that I wish I could have shared with my family. It was something that I wish I could have had my kids with. My, my son loves rocks and stones and Insects. He loves bugs. He wants to be uh, a bug scientist. I think it's entomologist is what that's called technically, but that's what he wants to be when he grows up. And I'm walking through, and I'm looking at all the rocks, and I'm looking at all the bugs that they have. I'm thinking, why am I here alone? <laughs> this this doesn't make sense. The point is, identity was something that came back to me that it's not just me. Would I have done those things if it was just me, maybe? But the whole time, I couldn't help but think to myself, why am I here alone? Because I'm not just a loner anymore. I'm not just someone who's single and maybe or maybe not ready to mingle. I'm married, and I have kids, and they are my family. They're my tribe, and I want them with me. I told my wife, I said, it it was weird. It was weird looking at everything by myself. Because all I wanted to do was see the look on my kids' faces as they looked at these exhibits, but their faces were not there. So in that, I just want to bring forth a reminder of you're not who you used to be. Remember that and embrace it because as you embrace it, as you embrace the new identity of not just being a husband, but also being a father, life becomes a little more special. So I hope that you'll do that. The second thing is what I'd really like to focus on, and that is my reflection on the mission. What I mean by the mission is who we are, what we do as men. What we do as fathers. The world needs dads. Your family requires a dad. Your kids absolutely need you. Dads are essential, and there is no question about it. If people say that they're not essential, those people are wrong. It is a fact that the world needs dads. Families need dads. We are essential, but we cannot take advantage of the fact that we are necessary, that we're required and essential. We we cannot take advantage of that and sit back and say, well, because we're needed, because we're essential and so important that we're just gonna stick around and just kinda do what we want to do. No, men, we have got to take up the call of what it is to be a husband and what it is to be a father. I recently shared a little video where I recapped what the Apostle Paul talks about in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and in chapter 5 as it pertains to dads and husbands, respectively. I did a little video on that because I think it's important for us to realize a couple of things. In Ephesians chapter 6, I'll share it here. I think I've maybe shared it before, but I'll share it again. In Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul tells kids that they need to honor and obey their parents, their mom and their dad. But immediately after that, in Ephesians six four, he says, dads, don't give your kids any reason to be angry. In other words, what he's really trying to say there is, dads, make it easy for them to honor and to obey you. You have a task. You have a part in this. It's not just totally up to your kids to do what they are, you know, supposed to do. They don't know. They have to they have to learn. They have to see it. They have to see something worth honoring. They have to see time in and time out that you're worth listening and obeying. You can't just invoke some nebulous authority that you have and they just are supposed to believe it. You need to make that so visible to them. That they don't even question it. There's integrity that we have to uphold as men, as dads. And the same thing applies in the previous chapter of Ephesians as our identity of husbands. And that is wives are told to submit themselves to their husbands. And we all like to hear that. That's just it sounds so sweet. <laughs> but the very next verse and the, very, the, the, the next few verses actually talk more to husbands Then Paul talked to wives, and what he tells husbands is, hey, you got to love your wife the same way that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So it's like, okay, so not only am I trying to help my children honor and obey me so that they can obtain this promise of long, prosperous life, but I'm also trying to make it easy for my wife to be able to submit to me by selflessly serving her in the same way that Christ did it for me and for everybody else. Even when we didn't reciprocate it back to him, changes things. But we have to take up this call as men and be the husbands that we're supposed to be and be the fathers that we are supposed to be. We we can't just continue to sit back because as the world begins to question the the necessity of men in general. Everything is so fluid now. It's like they want to get away from the whole binary gender identity, that there's not just a man and that there's not just a woman, that men can choose to be a woman or anything else that they want to be. Men, we need to be men. I don't understand how our society has gotten to this place, but this is where we are at, and it's in this moment. It's in this time of our existence that being the man that we are supposed to be is vital. Is, it's critical. And we don't need to be offended so easily at probes and attacks that come our way. We need to hold our head up high. We need to have some character and some integrity. And we need to know that we're on a mission. That we're on a mission to fulfill a call as men as husbands, and as dads. And we need to uphold that mission. And we need to strive to be who we're called to be every moment of every day. It's little things that you see all the time in this attack against men and this attack against fathers. I'm reminded of A picture I saw, there was a picture of, I think it was the Parenting Magazine. I think it was a year's worth of covers. I think they have a a bi-monthly magazine. But what was interesting is that in all six of those magazine covers, there's not a single man. It's either a mom with a kid or two moms with the kids, or multiple families with just the mom and the kids. And so Parenting is boiled down to no fathers. Just a bunch of moms, just a bunch of kids. Why are we not in the picture? For some reasons, yeah, dads have been out of the picture in some instances. And we've got to fix that. We've got to change that. We've got to be involved. We've got to be a part of the family because the family requires us, without the full functioning family of the husband, of the dad the wife, the mother, the children, without that makeup of the family, there are so many problems, so many problems that just start to manifest. We've all heard the stats on kids that grow up in broken homes, in divorced homes, where even if it's not divorced, even if it's after the loss of a parent, single-parent homes, those kids... As I mean, statistically, they're at a disadvantage. There's a likelihood that they won't be able to achieve as much as a kid who grows up with both his mom and his dad. Dads, we've got to be in the picture. We've got to be involved. You just being there, even potentially being a low life, but just being there, might be better than you being completely out of the picture. Now, I don't want to promote that per se, but... You need to be involved and present. And if you do that, you're doing so much for your kids. It just goes above and beyond. Even other little things with the comparison of men and women, it's almost as if men have had a lot of opportunities and when things get tough, we just kind of stop. It's like the educational statistics with men and women. Women are more likely to graduate college, to attend college. Than men are the percentage of women who start college and actually graduate is about ten points higher than men who start college and graduate at least at the four-year degree, the bachelor degree level. And for a while, it, it used to not be that way. Sometime in the '70s, it definitely wasn't that way. Men ruled that, and I'm not saying that we need to rule everything. I'm not saying that we have to be at the top of the food chain in every category. I don't think that that's right. I think women will rank higher than men in some instances, and that's okay because that's how it should be because we're different. Men and women are different. Not a popular thing today, but a truth that we need to remember. We are different, but men, where we should be involved, where we have opportunities to do great things, we should do it. We should stick with it. If you have the opportunity to get an education, then get an education. Don't say, "Ah, well, they really make it easy for women and for minorities and I'm a white man and this is going to be really difficult. Don't do that. That makes you part of the problem. You should have a standard of excellence in everything that you do. Don't say, well, the world's against me. So what? (laughs) Even if they are, you fight for what's right. You work hard. You have a standard of excellence. I want us to pursue... The mission. While I was there, I got to visit the Holocaust Museum. I got to visit the Museum of the Bible. Totally geeked out there because I'm a I'm a Bible nerd. But I thought it was astounding going through those places. So first, with the Holocaust Museum, you have not only Jewish people that were impacted by the Nazi regime, but you have Jehovah's Jehovah's Witnesses. That was a group, and I thought. It I thought it was interesting what I read about them. They actually had the opportunity to uh, not be persecuted by the Nazis as long as they would turn away from their beliefs. And what I was reading said, there's not a single one of them that did it. They suffered because they were not willing to budge, even an inch, on what they stood for. What dedication. What passion and zeal. And that's what we need to have as men when it comes to our mission. And in the Museum of the Bible, again, as a Bible nerd, the whole thing was fascinating, and I wish I had at least a a full day or possibly even a full week to just go in and just take in everything. But these men and these women who fought for the Bible— to keep it around, to keep it in circulation, to get it across borders, into different languages, and to just keep it and to continue to promote the message. The people who did that, who were willing to risk their life for the greater good so that the gospel could continue to go forth— It was motivating and humbling and so many other things. But I walked through that, and then in reflecting back on that, and reflecting on my identity as a dad, it gave me this reignited passion to pursue this mission. I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. I cringe when I do, and I catch them in real time but I'm still working to be better every day because I know that the future depends on it. There was a quote that I saw engraved in a stone block underneath the statue and I read it and I stopped and I read it again and I just recited it in my head all the way back to my hotel. The quote said, the heritage of the past is the seed of, That brings forth the harvest of the future. The heritage of the past is the seed that brings forth the harvest of the future. Dads, the things that we do today will determine the culture of the generation to come, the habits, the interests, the decisions. The world of tomorrow hinges upon our decisions. What we do in our homes, how we choose to raise our kids, what we teach them, what we instill in them, what principles we allow them to see in how we live our lives. The heritage, the legacy that we are leaving, that is going to be the seed of, that blossoms into a harvest in the future. Father in our future isn't just some cool name, it's the mission, it's what we're doing. It is the reality of what we are doing as dads. And you might never see your work come to fruition. The labor and the challenge of being a father, I know it's tough work, and I've talked to other dads who were further along than I am, and they always tell me, it's tough work. You're not wrong. It gets fun. We're in this. We are in this. And it is a challenge. But there is a future that hinges upon what we do in the home. How we live as fathers. How we treat our wives as husbands. So this is what I want you to take with you. I want you to know that what you do as a father matters. And it doesn't exclusively matter to your kid or your kids, because one day your children will grow up, be adults, go out in the world, and they're going to start to impact and interact with other adults, with other people. And as they do that, the mark that you leave, the influence that you've left on them, it's going to rub off on other people. And what we do as dads shapes a generation, forms a culture. We are so influential, and sometimes we fail to realize that. And this is a part of our mission as we truly father our future. So what will you choose to do? Will you choose to slack and think to yourselves, I got 18 years of this, and then I get to do whatever I want to do again? Or are you going to choose to live a life of integrity? Are you going to be someone who influences your kids in a positive way? Are you going to instill principles and morals Are you going to teach them to be good people? To be selfless people? You're going to teach them how to make friends? You're going to teach them how to smile? Are you going to do these things? Because the future hinges upon that. So what I want you to do today is I want you to reflect on yourself and your identity as a husband, as a man, as a dad. And I want you to reflect on yourself When it comes to the mission, think about what you're doing and then think about the decision that you need to make. And while you might not be a perfect dad, you can still join the mission and try to be a better dad every day. And we can do it together. This is Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. Thank you for being with me. And I hope you will join me next time.